0: Do you feel politically homeless? Lost in the chaos of modern politics? Not sure who to believe? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Democrats call him a Republican. Republicans call him a socialist. He is Steven Reynolds, the man in the middle. Welcome to the Man in the Middle Podcast, Season 2. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host, recording today from the historic WGNS Studios, located in the heart of the great volunteer state Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Well, joining me today, folks, uh, we're glad to be back. It's a previous guest of the Man in the Middle podcast. You may remember her from this this past summer and her candidacy for the United States Senate. Ms. Robin Kimbrough-Hayes is joining the Man in the Middle. Robin, welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast.
1: I'm excited to be here. Um, it was exciting to be here this summer as a U.S. Senate candidate, and I'm extra excited to be here now because it means that I'm still connected to the work.
0: Absolutely, Robin. Well, you really ran an inspiring campaign. I know you made an incredible impact on a lot of people here in Rutherford County. And uh, it seems you have some more news, Robin, that you'd like to share with uh, the people of Rutherford County and all over the state of Tennessee.
1: Well, shout out um, to Rutherford County. I had some good moments there and met some wonderful people there um, in your county And I'm happy to announce that I'm seeking consideration to be chair of the Tennessee Democratic Party.
0: All right. Well, congratulations on that, Robin. So that is the chair of the state party uh, that you're running for. So tell us, Robin, what what responsibilities to does the chair do? There may be folks out there listening that has no idea how this is organized. So what what is the role of the chair of the state party?
1: This is really important that people be educated um, on the Tennessee Democratic um, Party. So the Tennessee Democratic Party um, is our is the Democrats hub um, for information and guidance and campaigns on flipping our seats and promoting and helping us to become more aware of the platform of the Democratic Party it is so important for folks um, to be connected um, to the Democratic Party because you get lots of information. You can become involved in campaigns or raising awareness around issues that are important to Democrats. So the party does have what are called caucus, where some, someone can, who is not a member of the executive committee, which I'll get into in just a minute, um, can join and connect to issues that are important. I'm a member of the um, Tennessee Democratic Party Party Black Caucus, and I'm also a member of the Rural Caucus. Yeah. And so I've also been involved with, um, would with work with the Rural Caucus. Um, it's a, pre- that, the Rural Caucus is a pretty busy um, caucus. So the Tennessee Democratic Party is made up, the, the governing board is the executive committee. And it's made up of people who are elected through the senatorial districts around the state of Tennessee. Um, so everyone has an executive of a committee member. Uh, So if you're interested in starting a run for an office, that would be an interesting way to get involved uh, politically in the Democratic Party. Uh, So this executive committee is very powerful because this committee makes a lot of decisions regarding um, the the role of the party in our state. And one of the biggest decisions that they are working on right now uh, is selecting another chair. So the current chair is Mary Mancini and she is not running again to be chair. And so the field is wide open. There are about 10 other wonderful, remarkable people who have stepped up to seek this position. And I'm excited um, to be involved and on the platform with these folks. These are folks that I met on the campaign journey who are full of energy and passion, just like I am. And I believe that as we move forward, I look, I, I look forward to all of us working together in whatever capacity. So the executive committee um, votes on this uh, party chair position, and I hope I get vote, voted in. And um, and essentially, um, the, the I do wanna add though, that we have the state party, and then there there's also the DNC. Um, so you have the, the national uh, component of this too. Which filters down resources for the for the state party. So we make up we, we cast the the um, the uh, vote for our um, for our Democratic nominee, um, our pr- pr- presidential nominee. So it's a lot of neat things that the party does. And so, with that said, one thing that I want to do as a chair is to raise awareness of this very issue, because a lot of people do not know wh- what the Democratic Party is. Who what the leadership is, and how to become involved. And we need to do a lot of work around this because once we put energy around um, what this entity is, um, we can get more folks involved. Um, we can get more folks running for seats, volunteering to help folks who are running for seats. And guess what? We can also raise more money. Um, these folks that are just coming connected, they're, 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 these are the folks that we can start off asking with small um, donations and getting them connected to the work. And I know that those small donations can add up um, to, to a whop of money um, that could be useful for our state party. So this is one thing that we absolutely need to do is raise awareness. And personally, I learned more about the party when I was running for for US, for U.S. the U.S. Senate seat. And I realized that there definitely needs to be more um work around the infrastructure of the party and how it's organized and how it connects and engages with the community and other organizations who are fighting for the same issues uh, Democrats um, fight for. The other piece that I want to want to add here uh, um, is that we need a chair who can say unequivocally, we are Democrats. And explaining our platform, who we are and what we believe, because I really want to bring in folks who are already Democrats and those who do not know that they are Democrats.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great, Robin. Uh, good, Great answer there, and you're right. There's a lot of folks out there that I claim that are that, that, that won't admit it even uh, yet. But uh, So, Robin, you brought up several things in that. Um, first off, let me make sure I'm clear. The executive committee will vote on the next chair, not the general public. The general public voted on the executive committee members in their respective districts, and now they will vote on the next chair. Is that correct, Robin?
1: That's correct, but because the EC represents the interests of their constituency, the constituents certainly could make phone calls and say, definitely we like Robin. We hope you will give her the nod. So there there is still that connection. That person still represents you. And there are gonna be some there are a lot of forms that are going on to expose the public to who's seeking um seeking um, this role this position so I would encourage um, everyone to get involved so the Tennessee Holler and Change Tennessee are having an open forum Wednesday and Thursday night with all the candidates on on different on two sets on two different nights so please um, be aware of that and look at these candidates and call your EC member and say I like Robin (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. So, yeah, so if oh, you, you can yeah. have an impact for the listeners out there, they can have an impact on this race by Absolutely. calling their EC member and letting them know the, the chairperson that they would like to be for them to select and to vote for.
1: Absolutely. And everyone needs to care about this. And, and let me tell you why this is important to you. Yes. Uh, this is important to you because every seat a Democrat wins brings us a step closer to making sure everyone has healthcare. Yeah. Every seat a Democrat wins brings us a step closer to making sure that people have jobs, especially in rural communities. Yeah. Every seat that we win as a Democrat brings us a step closer to securing um, reproductive rights, rights for the LGBTQ community, and getting rid of voter suppression laws. So this is important that that we have a strong chair that will enable us to mobilize, to organize, to get people out to vote, to support strong candidates so we can flip seats and we can make change in Tennessee and in our nation as we elect local position, local seats as that will help us to flip federal seats.
0: Right. Right. You've got to start at the bottom is what you're saying, Robin, right? We've got to build some bench and build some candidates and get some local people elected.
1: Absolutely. So I'm just not looking at the state legislature or the U.S. Senate seats or the congressional seats. Those are important. But to flip those seats, we're going to have to do some grassroots work at the local level. And I'm talking about school board, um, council seats. I'm even talking about dog catcher. We have got to start there and, and 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 winning seats there so that we can build the momentum to win seats elsewhere. Uh, we need to be a formidable force against the Republicans. We need to take back the power. We need to take back messaging so that we can improve our state.
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned another critical component to this, Robin, and that's fundraising, right? And so I'm going to throw some numbers at you real fast. There are over 60,000 people that voted for a Democrat here in Rutherford County just a couple months ago, Well, back in November. If we could get a dollar for the local party and a dollar for the state party, just from rutherford county that would be transformative so if we could get everyone who voted in the state robin it's over a million people voted and if you could get a dollar from everyone who voted for a democrat that would be transformative to the state party do you agree
1: we are on the same page i was going to ask for a little more than a dollar 10 bucks for those million folks that came out to vote in that U.S. Senate race. We yeah. get 10 bucks. That would be transformative. Yeah. But we've got to get there out there and do the work and five, get those that, that, that one million that voted. Uh, we need to make sure that our vote builder is current. We need to make sure that we have volunteers that are going to do phone banking and text banking. And we need a chair that's going to be hands on. Yeah. Um, so I do not want to delegate even that uh, even that level of fundraising. I don't want to totally delegate that out. I want to be a part of that Absolutely. Well, because people need to know that the chair also cares about these one million that can give 10 bucks or, or a buck each. Yes, we can, I, I was chair uh, or president of the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence here in uh, Nashville. And I, our budget was very low. And so I knew these folks at the table worked for domestic violence agencies and didn't get paid a whole lot of money. Right. And so I started a Give Me Five um, campaign. Mm-hmm. And we raised more money on that Give Me Five campaign than we had in years back. And that money really mm-hmm. lasted even after my term. Mm-hmm. So I believe in grassroots funding. I understand that we're in the middle of a pandemic, people have lost their health insurance, people are still unsure about their jobs, um, situations, but I believe those small donations can make a difference. Um, We're gonna have to have the right person to ask and to explain how this work is connected to them and how it is important um, that they do give because it makes a difference in having food on their table. and and, 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 and having um, health care and not worrying about having to pay for it. Um, So we need to make sure that people understand how $10 can turn into a lifetime of services.
0: Absolutely. And the sustainability of the party for the future is at stake as well, Robin. So you're also making sure that the Democrats are uh, strong, providing the opposition that that this Republican supermajority so strongly needs Robin, one of your sayings is from the hood to the holler. And I absolutely love that because I believe that people in Memphis have the same issues as people in Bledsoe County, Tennessee. And whether they're white or they're black or they're gay or they're straight, they face the same issues. Robin, talk about taking your message from the hood to the holler.
1: I think this is so important that we have a chair that can speak to all communities in our state. And I believe that's really what helped me to get as far as I did in my U.S. Senate race. I grew up in a trailer park in Lexington, Kentucky, and it was a really bad trailer park. Um, I was the only African-American family with my mother in that trailer park. And it, it taught me how to um, relate to people. Um, From different backgrounds Uh, One thing about the trailer park Even though I was the only black family We were all poor And we were all in need of housing Mm -hmm. And we were all stigmatized Because we lived in that trailer park The other piece of that trailer park experience Is that I would sometimes go To my aunt's house And she lived in a a, a Predominantly black neighborhood So it was just like um, This cross culture um, um, Thing that I was in Growing up uh, and I'm glad because it's, it has paid off for me in spades uh, because I really have experienced all types of communities. And we need somebody who understands um, where people are coming from so that they can paint the picture that from the hood to the holler, the issues are the same. The struggles are the same. We're all trying to feed our families. We all need health care. We're all faced with issues of um voter suppression and unfair incarceration because of poverty because of race because of gender so all of these things exist from the hood to the holler and we need somebody to uh, to express uh, express this message not just from a technical um, perspective or not something that you've been trained at, uh, in some kind of classroom um, to deal with, but somebody who feels it from the heart. Yeah. And so that's why I say, I work, I serve, I care from the hood to the holler.
0: Wonderful, Robin. I, that's a great explanation on that. So... The Democratic Party has some struggles internally. We have uh, moderates. We have progressives. We have a lot of people in between. Robin, is the Tennessee Democratic Party big enough for all of these different ideas? Do we truly have a big tent party in Tennessee?
1: Well, um, this is an issue that I have been discussing with executive committee members and, and Democrats about the progressive and moderate voice. Um, I believe that there's room for it all. I, 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 we, and we have to believe that as Democrats, right, we are the party for the people. Right. We are the party that, 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 that wants to make sure that there's food on the table, that we have a sustainable environment. Um, that we ensure the rights of uh, people, that we really are fighting for liberty and justice for all. So I believe that what makes the Democratic Party rich are these moderate and progressive voices blending and sharpening one another, challenging one another. I think this is what made um, um, President-elect Biden such a strong candidate, um, because he was against, he had to deal with those progressive voices coming at him and to respond to those. This is what made Kamala stronger as well. Yeah. So, yes, I believe we absolutely need to have all of these voices at the table. I plan plan to do as the chair to involve our revolution in the visible, change Tennessee, the Sunrise Movement and other progressive organizations in our conversation. If we don't, we will not be able to flip seats. So it's just not about the modern, the progressive uh, voice that we need to bring together and unifying, but it's the the more seasoned Democrat and those new Democrats that are coming in, those young folks um, who are on fire and filled with passion. I look forward to hearing their ideas, um, out of the box thinking. Um, they keep me young. Someone uh, I was in court the other day. Someone said, "Oh, they thought I was thirty years old." I said, "You got to be kidding me!" I said, "I'm just," I'm, I, said, oh, I said, "I'm," I said, "I'm fifty years old, and I'm just doing stuff that young people do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, I'm running for office. I'm, I'm doing all ki- kinds of things um, that are that are that are that are out the box, and we need." We need to invite those voices to the table,
0: Um, the
1: college, the young folks, and we need to make room for them as well.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right, Robin. I've seen you. You've seen it. I've seen it. There are a lot of young folks out there, and they did make a difference. They did show up. Uh, for Joe Biden, who built one of the broadest coalitions ever in this country, in the history of this country. Uh, he and Barack Obama, the, I mean, there's, it's unparalleled between 2008 and 2020. Uh, it actually wasn't even close this time. So building those big coalitions, getting those young people involved, that's really what I think um, is really going to make a difference in the future sustainability of the party so that you have that bench to go to 10 years from now. So I agree, Robin, and, and of course anything we can do to help bring younger people in, we need to do. Robin, let's move on a little bit to the political here. Our state... and, And there are several reasons. We won't get into it. But we have become, for lack of a better term, the reservation for conservative crazy. We have Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, John Rich, Kid Rock. We have all of these transplanted people. How are you going to take these folks on in Nashville, Robin? Are you going to give these people a taste of 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 moving to our state? We're not just going to lay down and let these folks run all over us, are we, Robin?
1: No, we're we're not. And this is just like I said at the beginning of of the show. We need somebody who will stand up and not be ashamed to be a Democrat. Yeah. And and because Republicans are not ashamed to be Republicans, they're not ashamed that they're conservative. Um, oppressive um, platform and we need not to be ashamed of who we are as Democrats uh, because who we are as Democrats is right Uh, we have a great message that will help people and move people forward and we have to and we have to fight back with this really strong message that we have but we have to fight back through organizing we have to, we, we can do a lot of talk, but we need action. Right. We need to organize, we need to raise money, we need to vote, and we need to energize folks to run for office who would be great candidates um, um, to, to make change in our state. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to take back the negative messaging uh, that, that the Republicans have built around faith, uh, in our in our state, and we needed to we need to say that being a Democrat is the higher moral ground.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for saying that, Robin. And I think it's right now is the perfect time to point out that you hold a master's degree in divinity from Vanderbilt University. So you you believe in God, Robin. You you go to church. I do. Yeah, and, and, and you're a Christian. And and so that shouldn't be shocking, really, to anyone. Uh, but if you listen to the Republican messaging, someone like you doesn't exist, Robin. I, it's just uh, – so I, I appreciate the fact that you are bring all of these various components to your candidacy, and it really rounds you off and rebuffs that message that they continuously try to – paint us into the corner of what we really aren't. So anyway, thanks for that, Robin. So let's, uh, okay, let's move on. I want to move on and, and a little bit more political here. Once again, this is a show about politics. So uh, Governor Bill Lee, I don't think he's seen anyone quite like you yet, Robin, to be quite honest. Will you stand up to Governor Lee and will you, went for the things that Democrats stand for and you're willing to? Uh, to stand there in front of those television cameras and tell these folks like it is. Um, let me give you an example. Right now, the governor has just enacted the National Guard um, and to go out and to visit our hospitals, drive our ambulances. Robin, but he won't put a mask mandate in place. He won't agree to pay our first response, first responder's hazard pay. You know, our ambulance drivers are exhausted here in Rutherford County, Robin. They're exhausted. It's it's day after day, hour after hour of treating people who are sick with this virus. Robin, you have the courage to stand up to this governor and say what's right. Do you? I'm not afraid. Yeah.
1: I'm not afraid um, to stand up to Governor Bill Lake, and that's a fact. Um, I am. I am. I believe that our party should do more um, visibility with press statements uh, regarding um, Republican policy that hurts the people of Tennessee. Yeah. And yes, this mandate mandate is at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. We would not even have these rising numbers if our governor would take a firm stance to make sure that everyone has on the mask. Right. And I'm not afraid to stand stand up to power. Mm -hmm. Um, And we need need someone who can speak to power without fear and um, with the interest of the people. And this is exactly why I ran for U.S. Senate, Mm -hmm. because what should be important to anyone in the political realm who wants to serve is that people have to be more important than
0: politics. Absolutely. Now, Robin, you know how po- I, w- the one thing that really impressed me about your candidacy was your deep knowledge and understanding of the issues. And I asked a lot of guests the very same question that I asked you, but obviously you had a little bit of an advantage with that the law degree from Emory uh, down in Atlanta. So Robin, this COVID liability, I, I would like for folks to demonstrate, I would like to demonstrate your knowledge of the issues. One of the most complex ones is the covid liability issue that continues to hang out there uh in nashville and on a federal level uh robin where do where do democrats and where should democrats stand regarding the liability of uh covid and contracting uh negligent business owners or negligent people uh, who are operating outside of the guidelines
1: Um, I believe that we should stand on the right of justice for workers. That means that we should implement um, policies that will make sure that employers are properly caring for their employees. So just like um, I was on your show the last time, this is just like the qualified immunity doctrine. And we see where that has gotten us. Uh, We see that we continue to have innocent black men and women killed. Um, And because the qualified immunity doctrine cloaks police officers with good faith, which is hard to pierce uh, in court. And I believe they're trying to do the same thing with employer liability. And this means that employers would not have any incentive or, or accountability. And making sure that their workers are safe. And those workers include dads, they include moms, sons, and daughters, and grandmas and grandpas and cousins um, who are who are, who have family that love them at home. They're making money to try to take care of their families. And we have employers who want to um, basically take advantage of their health at the at the at the expense take take advantage of their health so they can make money and, pr- and profit off of their lives and this is not right and would love to do an op-ed on that yeah. uh, and certainly to draw those comparisons between the qualified immunity doctrine and, and this um this liability um cloak of um protection the employers are, are are seeking so I believe this is one of the bills that uh, Lamar Alexander was um, pushing for, for, um, and I believe that Democrats should say that this is wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we should stand up for mass mandates. We should stand up for free testing. I'm worried after December 31st, are we still going to have money to provide free COVID testing for communities? Yeah. Um, right now, um, um, at my Harry Medical College, we staff all three COVID testing places around the state of Tennessee. And I'm I'm worried that people without health insurance may not be have access to a COVID test after December 31st. We absolutely need to stand up against this. And we absolutely need to focus on these issues to make change in Tennessee. And I'm going to go back to raising money. We need to raise money around these issues. We yeah. need to tell folks, you know, we need your $5 because we want to make sure that everybody has a COVID test regardless if they have health care or not. We want to make sure that we want leadership that says everybody should wear a mask because we want to make sure everyone lives and we don't want to overwork these um, uh, first responders and doctors and nurses um, who are who are who are exposing themselves every day um, to try to save lives. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I I do believe that the Democratic Party is worth saving and it must be saved um, because the its salvation um, is connected to everyone's health care here in Tennessee.
0: Yeah, wonderfully stated, Robin. Wonderfully stated, absolutely. Um, I I love the way that you put that. And, Robin, you are, uh, take it from a former assistant in the Tennessee Attorney General's Office, right, Robin? You've worked for the state of Tennessee as an attorney you have uh, worked uh, advocated as an attorney and as a general counsel for domestic uh, violence groups for uh, sexual battery groups or sexual assault groups you uh, you have done all of this so this is not robin's opinion from her law office this is robin who's worked for the state of tennessee and understands the laws of the state and how they're so robin you have an undergraduate, d- un- undergraduate degree from Fisk University, a law degree from Emory University, a divinity degree, master's of divinity degree from Vanderbilt University. Robin, you have to be one of the most credentialed candidates for state chair that I've ever talked to or met. So, yeah, w- with that being said, what makes you uniquely qualified to serve in this role?
1: Great. So I think all of those um, skills um, that I bring to the table make me uniquely qualified. Um, but I have I, my grassroots work um, and on the ground service with criminal justice, social justice issues make me an ideal candidate for this job. Mm-hmm. I have the unique skills, again, to speak to those from the hood to the holler. Yeah. Um, I care about people, I engage people. I'm dedicated. I stay connected after the U.S. Senate race. I'm not one of those candidates that you see now and now you don't. I'm here for the long haul. And I believe that's what's made me a a unique um, um, candidate for this job. And I believe that nobody brings the energy and passion I will bring to this chair seat. And that's exactly what we need.
0: I couldn't agree more with you.
1: The Democrats here in Tennessee. Yes, exactly. Need to get them excited all over again and make them proud to be Democrats. We don't need to walk to the polls with our heads hanging down. We need to walk to the polls with our heads up. No matter um, if we are in um, whatever our st- st- statistical um, status um, is, we need to be proud to be Democrats and know that we have a plan and we're on a mission to flip seats.
0: Absolutely, Robin. Historically speaking, for the Tennessee Democratic Party, has a would you be the first woman of cover, color ever elected to the position of chair?
1: Yes, I will be the first African American woman to be chair. Of so Tennessee this, Democratic.
0: so we have an incredible moment here to have an incredibly credentialed candidate, and to make history with the Tennessee Democratic Party.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Wonderful, Robin. So, Robin, anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with uh, for the Man in the Middle podcast? Any any lasting thoughts for the folks that voted Democrat or the folks that might think about voting Democrat in the future?
1: I want to say this to all the folks that are listening out there. President-elect Joseph Biden said to us that for everything under the sun, there is a season and a time. He said that it's time now to heal. I do believe that's true for our nation. I believe that's true for our state. And I also believe that's true to our party. So I believe that if you, if I, I believe for our party, we need healing and restoration and we need energy and we need compassion that will stretch from rural, urban, suburban Tennessee. I said it again from the hood to the holler, I care, I serve, I work, from the hood to the holler. Passion for
0: Tennessee. Robin Kimbrough-Hayes, candidate for the Tennessee Democratic Party, chair lady, chairwoman, madam chair. That's what we'll call you, Robin. Thank you so much for joining the Man in the Middle podcast this week. And if we, we, we can't wait till you win this election. We'd love to have you back, Robin.
1: Absolutely. I'll be back again and again and again.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Robin Kimbrough-Hayes, I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle, and I'll see you next week.